Hello, Canada. It's a beautiful day, and I know what you're thinking. The sound of a cheery ukulele can only mean one thing: someone's trying to sell you something. How long will it be before we begin that sweet pandering and tender ego stroking that's skillfully designed to elevate your mood and lower your defenses? And when will it become certain to you that we have the solution to the problem that you weren't sure you even had, which will reinforce with a windmill slam dunk that plays directly to your insecurity and fear of missing out? Well, as it turns out, not very long now. You're a good person, working hard to make the public service a better place every day. But you're doing it all wrong. You spend entirely too much time alone, operating in the dark, recreating the wheel, and being slowly eaten alive by the fear of failure. While outside of your extremely compact and uncomfortably exposed workplace 2.0 cubicle, an entire world of helpful people and resources awaits you. While you agonize about developing a new information portal and wondering where you can host it, someone else has already created their website for free on GCPedia with no hosting costs or software security and maintenance worries for their group. And while you're wondering how you could be better connected with your peers and influences in the public service, someone else is already adding new colleagues and mentors to their professional network on GC Connects. The GC Tools, free to sign up. Free to use. No, you really have no choice. Use them today. Unless you're a luddite consigned to self-imposed exile, in which case, eh, forget I said anything. Resistance is futile. Hey there, this is George Wenzel. You're listening to Toddcast on WGOC. Welcome, GC. I'm Todd Lyons, and you're listening to Toddcast Season 3, Episode 3, a show for and about public servants. What I relish about the chance to converse with public servants is learning about the people they are both inside and outside of work. Now, people who look me up on LinkedIn might think, Ugh, look at what this guy's been doing for the last 10 years. He must eat, breathe, and sleep privacy. But if you're a regular listener to this show, you know that that barely scratches the surface. And so it is with all of you. You're too talented to be contained by your job. Much more interesting than the portfolio that you handle from 9 to 5. And far too kind to only think about giving to the less fortunate during the GC's workplace charitable campaign. Now, back in Season 1, it was my privilege to talk with Emily Brown and Scott McNaughton of Suits His Style 
an Ottawa-based nonprofit that supports the employment opportunities of men in need by providing professional attire for job interviews. And on this episode, a conversation with the man behind the Boom Savings Charity Shopping Club. Come with me. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. So I'm speaking to Gavin Thompson. Monday to Friday, he's a statistician, but outside of work, he's developed quite a talent for stretching a dollar, buying up items, and then donating them to charity. So th- thanks for speaking with me, Gavin. My pleasure. How and when did all this begin? Uh, it began in late 2014. My local grocery store used to put their steaks and cheeses at 90% off. And uh, I used to brag about it on Facebook, and my friends basically told me to stop. And so I started a blog on how to save money. But then the stories, they didn't like, like, if I, if I published a story of 70% off, they didn't want to hear a story of 30% off the next day. So I had to sort of hone my skills to keep it interesting. But in doing so, I sort of ran out of the need to buy things for myself and my family. Uh, and the, just the next logical step was charity. So where do you find the time to constantly be outdoing yourself or at least trying to stay at a consistent, you know, impressive level because, you know, 30% is not going to cut it. So, we, you know, we got to stay 70%, you know, 80%. It seems like it'd yeah, be quite that, an involvement. That's a really good question. Uh, yeah, it can be. Uh, part of it is consistently shopping the same stores. So, uh, Shoppers Drug Mart is a very good place for getting discounted stuff if you know what you're looking for. I've had quite a few purchases that have been well in the negative. So, the stores have been... They don't pay me cash to leave the stores with it, but I've received more back in points than I've paid for the product I've purchased. So it's I've often wondered which one was my greatest one ever. Maybe the $3,000 worth of uh, cold and flu medicine and uh, allergy medicine for $5 is probably my best one ever. How much of your shopping is targeted from uh, consultation with local organizations and what they're looking for versus just pure serendipity, like you happen to be walking by and bang, there's something that's just there yeah. that strikes you? That's the interesting thing about Boom Savings is that I, I feel we've taken the usual model of buying for charity and turned it on its head. So what people quite often do is they'll say something like, you know, this week I'd, I'd really like to buy something for the food bank. So do they go to the grocery store they find something that they think that would go well for the food bank, such as, I don't know, flour or rice or baby formula, and they buy it. It's sort of irrespective of what the price is. Whereas what we do is, is we go out, we find incredible deals, and then we say to ourselves, okay, what charity could possibly use this? And where do you store all these goods? Like the ones that <laughs> you, you, you anticipate that at some point someone will need these, but but maybe now is not the time. Do you have to go to them and just say, yeah, I know this will be great when we get to winter, but uh, can you just hold them in the meantime? Or are you the one that's stuck <laughs> holding the bag with this stuff until it uh, it's, it's time to use? Yeah, that's a fair question. My family's been very nice about uh, giving up some of the household storage space to this. Most of what we do is, I would say... Uh, shampoos, foods, toothpaste, things like that. But at the same time, we'll also take advantage of end of season deals. So uh, last year we bought $7,000 worth of kids snow suits for $1,600 from one of the Loblazes. That took us a, a substantial part of our house for a while. But luckily, uh, the charities that needed them were willing to take them right away. But if it's things like Halloween costumes, uh, I stored 15 Halloween costumes for a year. You know, they stayed in a three foot by three foot box. 
there was no risk of me wanting to take out these little kid costumes and do anything with them. So, you know, uh, it's not the same risk as if I had bought chips to donate to charity, whereas, you know, some of those might have disappeared over time. And have you ever ended up buying something uh, where there just wasn't an organization that was willing to accept it? You had to figure out, what do I do with this now? (laughs) Uh, yeah, there's been two occasions. So uh, one of them was uh, one of the shoppers drug marts was moving locations. So they were sort of they're moving everything. And they basically gave me a box and said, you know, we'll charge you this much for this box of stuff. And in it was uh, perf- I, I don't uh, perfume atomizers, I think they're called. And I was just like, there's no charity that's going to want these. Uh, and another one was which was interesting was a contact lens solution. I found $20 box of contact lens solutions on sale for a dollar once. And so I bought a whole bunch knowing that uh, if the charities didn't want them, my friends certainly would. And sure enough, the charities were all like, no, this it's not really something we can use. But uh, my friends are more than happy to take it off my hands. One of the interesting things I've learned through doing this is, or one of the, maybe it's a realization more than learned, is that everything, stores only stock things that people want to buy. And people that have money will buy them. And people that don't have money will probably want them. And uh, a really good example of this is last spring, uh, one of the local shoppers drug marts had put hair dye on sale for a dollar a box because they were trying to get rid of it. And I'm always at the start of this, I was always hesitant about going away from, you know, sort of the staples of baby food and, and things like that, because people were giving me their money and they were expecting me to do good things with it. So I contacted one of the people that had given me some money and I said to her, I said, do you mind if I, you know, you've given me, I think she'd give me $75. And I said, do you mind if I buy? Uh, you know, $800 worth of hair dye with the $75 you'd give me. She said, no, no, go ahead. And when I bought it, I took it to the charities. Um, One of the people at one of the charities literally cried when I donated it because nobody donates hair dye. Because if you think to yourself, I'm going to give $10 to charity, they don't pick hair dye, for example. But for a lot of these places, uh, this women's shelters and such like this, a lot of them want to change their hair color for safety reasons, if not just for personal uh, you know, self-worth reasons. So I've come to realize that almost everything that's for sale is something that a charity would want if you find the right charity. And if they ever sent you on any special missions to seek out something in particular that's uh, in demand because they know that, you know, you can deliver. Yeah, I've had a few cases of that. So um, there was one good example where um, a grade five, six class at a school um, had given some money to uh, Parkdale Food Center, which is one of the charities we support. And they said uh, they were trying to fill um, bags for the homeless. So to put toothbrushes and toothpaste and soap and stuff like that in them. And they asked me if I could go out and do that shopping for them instead of themselves, because uh, I have a tendency to find very good prices for that stuff. Another example is I've had a couple of charities that have contacted me when they've been in trouble. So for example, one of them was, uh, it's a, the Ottawa Youth Services Bureau has a a hostel for girls and a hostel for boys and the girls hostel had run short on towels. So they contacted me and said, you know, do you know anywhere we can get a good price on towels? And, you know, I went out and found the best price I could and picked some up and, you know, people it's, it's interesting. Like this hostel, I think has something like 30 uh, young women, girls staying in it. And these towels cost, I think I must've paid $4 a towel. So, I mean, they were in desperate need and to give everyone in the shelter a towel cost $120. Wow. And, you know, I put out the call for that to my friends, and I think five or six, you know, said they would. So for $20 each, 
you know, we alleviated this uh, desperate need for towels at a share, you know, at a shelter. And for especially civil servants and, you know, people who are employed like civil servants, you know, missing $20 from your pocket to alleviate a problem like that is, I don't know, it's, it, it, you don't even think about it. So you said that people actually bring you money directly, you know, like uh, here's a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's what, correct. What so, do you think you can do with this? Uh, is that part of the the challenge for for them? Some of the fun is like, okay, I'll I'll give you one hundred and fifty dollars. You you see what you can do with this, and you know, come back to me with that. Yeah, actually, so I started doing this for charity uh, on a small scale, and then one of my friends challenged me. Said, you know, we've won this uh, hundred and fifty dollars in a football pool. What can you do with it? And so. Uh, the first time they gave me money, I think I stretched it out to 1150 And the second time, I don't remember the total, but I think it might have been 1580 And that's where it blew up. Uh, CBC found the story and picked it up and ran with it. And then I started to get a lot more interest from it. I think what part of, and the same thing with the snow with the snowsuits last year, is, uh, you know, I saw Loblaws had marked them down. But I said to my friends, my community, I said, you know, if we go to them with, a pile of money and say, you know, can you make this deal better? Often retailers will, because I mean, they don't want this stuff anymore to them. It's very close to garbage. And when charities go to them, the charities will say, we have no money. What can you do for us? Whereas when we go to them, we say, we have this pile of money that you want. And I see that stuff over there that you don't want. Let's try to figure out a deal that's you know better than what you're offering the general public. So I offer my friends, I tell them, you know, for every, you know, for the, in that case, it was for every ten dollars you gave me, I'll buy forty dollars worth of snowsuits for kids. So they easily see that you know a hundred dollar donation gets four hundred dollars worth of snowsuits. And now what we've done is we've started uh, being able to give tax receipts as well. Boom Savings isn't a charity, but what we do is is we'll take a hundred dollars from someone, go out and buy you know hopefully five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars worth of stuff. The receipt will say a hundred dollars was spent because that's all it was spent. We'll take it to the charity and the charity will say, okay, who is this $100 worth of stuff from? And we will say it was from so-and-so and here's their mailing address. Please mail them a, a receipt. So you say that there's a, there's some places that are your regular haunts that you know that you're more likely to find a good deal than not. Have you gotten a, a feel for how some of these store managers perceive you? Like, do they see you coming and then, oh, here's Gavin. He's looking, <laughs> uh, he's kind of buying my stuff again. Are they supportive of it? Are they... Uh, ambiguous uh you know how are you perceived when it's, you go into these places it's it's very amazing actually there it runs the whole gamut some uh, some managers have figured out especially the ones that i go to a lot they've figured out that like i'm as good a resource to them as they are to me because the stuff that we focus on is the out of season and the clearance stuff the stuff that's literally just gumming up their shelves that they don't want anymore and they don't want to write it down as waste they don't want to have to get rid of it and they know, I mean, they know, you know, I have a, I'm relatively bald. They know that I don't need a hundred bottles of shampoo. Um, <laughs> or hair dye. <laughs> at the start, there's the concern. Yeah, or hair dye. For some of them, there's a concern that I'm a reseller. But, you know, I, I've got a blog. I, I give them my card. I'm, I shop in there so much. And it's always, I don't know, they, they, a lot of them have come to trust me. At the start, they're always very hesitant because it's weird for them to have someone come up to them and say, let's negotiate the prices of the stuff in your stores. So what can people do to help? Do you accept uh, goods donated uh, from individuals? Are there any volunteer positions or are you just looking for uh, for people to donate money for you to stretch further? Um, that's a good question. Uh, a lot of people say, how should this be growing? How should we make this bigger? I honestly think that the next big step for this is really, it's more about legislation. 
we're buying stuff that stores are on the verge of throwing out and we're preventing it from going to landfills and getting it going to good places. What really needs to happen is we have to, we need laws in Canada like they have in France where, you know, goods can't be thrown out before they're offered to charity. But in the short term, um, some people do give me stuff like, Hey, Gavin, you know, I was going to give this stuff to this charity. Do you want to deliver it? I'm like, I make deliveries there anyway. So I deliver it. Uh, but unfortunately, or, you know, fortunately the, the most, the thing that I'm most interested in is, is cash. When I have, if it's just my money, you know, I might be able to go and buy, I'll see a sale on shampoo. I'll buy 10 bottles. If I know that people are contributing money, I can buy a hundred bottles of shampoo because it's not just me. Can you tell me how people could be more charitable in their own lives? Sure. That, that's a good question. Um, I think one of the things that'd be really interesting would be uh, if people just took a look around at stores when they're there. Uh, I find there's always opportunities. You can always find there's always clearance sections. There's always something that's being marked down because the store is trying to get rid of it. People will look at it and say, you know, that's not something I need. That's not the color my child likes. I don't, I'm not going to be a hypocrite because up until, you know, a year ago, I was the same way. But people don't think, people see something on sale and they'll say to themselves, um, oh, I don't need that. And they'll walk away from it. Instead of saying, oh, this is a really good sale. Maybe I should, you know, buy some for charity and throw it in some charity bin somewhere. I, I spoke at a friend's work the other day and, you know, they said, like, how can we get better deals? And I, I told them how to get better deals. And then I told them, you know, try to be more charitable every time you go shopping. There's always a, there's always something going on in the stores that you can throw a couple in. You know, just pick one up and donate it to charity. Uh, I've got a good example where I found lipstick that was on sale for a dollar or two. Uh, you know, obviously I don't wear lipstick, but I was like, you know, this is a great thing for women's shelters and women's charities. So I bought a pile of them and gave them to charity. Uh, you know, baby food quite often goes on sale. Even when it's not expiring, they'll try to get it out of the store for whatever stocking reasons. And we'll pick it up and, and just drop it off at charity without having thought about, you know, when we go in the store, we're planning on buying for charity. We just look for opportunity all the time. And it'd be good if people, you know, other people can do that in their lives as well. Just always think about charity. I guess my concern is I could stumble across a really good bargain, but then I would wonder if I'd end up in the situation that you alluded to where, okay, I've bought all this stuff. You know, what if I don't know where to take it or what to do with it? And I get, I get stuck with all the stuff I can't possibly use. How do people make that connection between this thing that they may have bought uh, that they ran across and then actually getting it into the hands of, of people that need it? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, the Internet's a powerful tool. There are dozens, hundreds of charities in Ottawa. There are charities for just about every cause. I mean, you think about someone who's fleed their home from, say, an abusive partner, maybe, or a fire has burnt down their house, and they have literally nothing, literally nothing. And we have people like that. Uh, immigrants uh, and refugees arriving to Canada with absolutely nothing but the clothes on their back. So there are charities that will take absolutely everything. Um, it's very rare to find something that a charity won't need. Uh, you know, I've seen in the past year, you know, people dump their old tube TVs on charities. Obviously, don't do that. But if it's something that's in a store for sale right now, I'm almost certain there's a charity that could use it. That's great. Any other final thoughts that you want to leave uh, my audience with? Just to try to try to put yourself in the place of people who are in need. It's very easy to think of people that have made poor choices in their life. But honestly, I would think that, I mean, I've, I come from a place of privilege. I'm a white male. Uh, both of my parents are well-educated. I'm well-educated. And, um, 
I, it, it's difficult for me to put myself in that spot. And I think, oh, you know, there are people think, you know, people made poor choices in life to get themselves in these situations. But, you know, some people, they've just been dealt a really bad hand their entire life. And this is how they end up in these situations. And to, you know, to think more of it that way when you're trying to be charitable rather than to think, oh, you know, you know, why doesn't this person do better for themselves? There are some people that are just in very dire straits. No, it's a good perspective to think outside of your own immediate life experience and consider what lies beyond that. So if people want to give you their cash or they want to learn more about uh, some of your, your greatest hits or just more about your organization, how can they contact you? Yeah, okay, that's a very good question. So the number one uh, way is uh, Facebook is very active. We have a group that's called uh, Boom Savings Charity Shopping Club. So there I'll put tips, I'll put deals that I've found. And, you know, it's sort of a, it's a feel good thing for people to be able to read about because there's all these donations that are happening to charity. There's a lot of um, unpleasant stuff to read on the internet these days. And this is sort of a, hopefully it's a ray of sunshine for people when they get to see all the good that we're doing. Uh, we also have uh, a Twitter handle, which is savings for charity. And there's a blog as well, which is um, frugalityness at wordpress.com. But I haven't updated that one in a while. I find that Facebook and Twitter is a much easier way to get the message out, not too labor-intensive. Certainly my favorite uh, way to interact with people. Gavin, thanks so much for talking with me today. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, taking interest in this. All right. You've been listening to Toddcast Season 3, Episode 3. Today's episode was brought to you by Benevolence, the best exercise that you can do every day. Better than biking, better than running is to think of others first and wonder what you can do to help without asking and without being asked. Give away the things you already hold in abundance, and particularly those things that only have value when you give them to others. Kindness, attention, concern, involvement. It's a long list. You know what to do. All opinions expressed on Toddcast are strictly those of the individual and are not necessarily those of their employer. My special thanks to Clint Beyer, Patrice Collin, Zoe Crago, Alison DeToni, Barbara Dundas, Carol Gajewski, Regina Farrar, Yvette Fung, Michael Hinton, Trish Hopkins, Emily Johannick, Susanna Johnny, Emily King, Shanice Kloiskins, Christopher Lavoie, Jody LeBlanc, Gowen Lee, Nellie Leonidas, Darlene Marion, Shaknoza Matnazarova, Marley Mello, Joy Moscovich, Gray O'Byrne, Fadi Otari, Catherine Parker, Rita Parthaban, Aaron Percival, John Price, Stefan Lacroix Puyo, Melaine Lafleur, Ilya Selim, Elise Scott, Walid Sharif, Christopher Slaney, Mark Templin, Jean Yen, Christine Yu, Taryn Wasson, and Joanna Finicchio for their support and contributions to the Toddcast community. You can support us too. Wherever you found us, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, social media, or on my website, let us know that you heard Toddcast and help us to reach a little further in getting meaningful content to the public service of Canada. Become a subscriber, share the episodes, rate our content, and write and let us know what's on your mind. You can reach me at Todd at toddlines.ca or you can start a conversation with your fellow listeners on the Toddcast group on GC Connects. 
Toddcast is planned, written, and technically produced using free and open-source software. Canboard, DocuWiki, and Audacity running on Kubuntu Linux and Linux Mint XFCE edition. Software that is free as in cost, but more importantly, free as in freedom. This episode's theme music was Une Arme Falusa by Lostana David and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike Non-Commercial License. Toddcast content is free to use and share under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License because, like open source, open content, and open licensing makes the world a better place. I'm Todd Lyons. I'll see you online. Hello. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Good. Uh, hopefully this will be an okay connection. I've, I've actually just set it up for an audio call. Right. And uh, yeah, I've, I've listened to a bunch of your uh, Toddcasts. Uh, they're really good. I really enjoy them. <laughs> they're kind of all over the place, but the idea is to sort of not, to not be boring, to, to, to not sound too yeah. official, and to try to be a little bit edgy or a little bit unexpected when possible. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun gig. It's funny. The first one I listened to, I think, was the one where you were you were being very self congratulatory or something, and you got interrupted by someone else saying, "Like, uh, you know, some people might actually think you think this way." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, he's joking," because it was literally the first one I played. I was yes. like, "Wow, this guy loves himself," and I was like, "Oh, I see. Yes, it's he's playing." <laughs> I'm really the last person that I would expect to do a show like this. Like, I actually did do radio when I was a teenager. That was my after school job uh, yeah. when I was 16. But I'm I'm the most introverted, quiet, um, yeah, not life of the party sort of person that I know. But there's the perception right. that because I have my own show and I'm the host and I'm the producer, I do the technical production, all that stuff, that I just must be like, you know, yeah, I just love to be in the middle of everything and, you know, just drowning in my own ego <laughs> yeah. and stuff. So yeah. every time that we start a new season up, I I assume that there'll be some people that don't know anything about me, but... So yeah, I want to right. give him that snapshot right off the bat, like, okay, so he he does this, but he doesn't take himself all that seriously, so I think he's probably a pretty okay guy. I think I could get into this show, so I like to sort of do the poking oh, yeah, at myself. That was exactly my sentiment when I heard that, uh, when I heard that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I love having a joke at my own expense, and that, yeah, that won't be the last one by far, I'm sure, but yeah, <laughs> great. Great. <laughs>